welcome to the Knit British Podcast. My name's Louise and I'm your tour guide of sorts on this journey exploring all the connections of Britishness in wool and knitting. Knit British and love your local wool. On today's show I am looking at some of our whips of doom. I have Nature Shades Long and I'm going to be looking at Kate Davis's yarn and there's also going to be a little bit of getting to know one another. So grab a drink, grab a whip and let's get going. Today Knit British is sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn gathers the very best in British wool into one cheery online place. Alongside West Yorkshire spinners, blacker yarns and hand-dyed yarns from the likes of Eden Cottage Yarns, The Knitting Goddess and Yarns from the Plain, there are also some spectacular British breed yarns direct from small producers in the UK. To share and celebrate in a love of British wool, go to www.brityarn.co.uk or click on the logo in the show notes. Hello and welcome into episode 53. Um, I hope you are all incredibly well and cheery and whether you are a new listener or a regular, you are very welcome in here and thank you so much for joining me. There has been lots happening since last we met. Last week I opened a Knit British listener and reader survey and the reason I did this was because over the last few months I've had quite a few requests and suggestions from some of you lovely listeners and I thought after two years of the podcast and we've just celebrated um, our podiversity I thought it was probably about time for a little feedback survey because it's interesting to know how you listen to the podcast you know via iTunes or some other kind of um, podcatcher. It's also um, nice to know the things you enjoy about the podcast and give you a space to give feedback on other things you'd like to see and some of the aspects that you don't enjoy. And I, uh, I'm a, I'm a grown up person. I can take uh, constructive uh, feedback. So please use that that white space. I'd love to. I'd love to hear um, what you think and. As with all of the suggestions in the survey, I can't guarantee that I can bring them all to you if they're all exactly what you want. But I will do my best to um, see that your feedback is addressed in some way. And I will be closing that survey because I'll give it another maybe 10 days. There's already been 200 and odd 250 responses and lots of you given excellent feedback I really really appreciate you taking the time to do that so I'll leave it up open for another 10 days and then I will address that feedback in in the podcast for you um some people have, have asked direct questions and of course it's it's an anonymous survey you don't leave your um, your name or an email address or anything and so I've tried to address some of those in social media such as people saying well how do you know what you're buying is British and things like that and um, there are you know as we all know there are muddy waters um, as much as we try our best uh, to promote British rule there are muddy waters and so um, again those are things that I will come back to 
in the podcast um, but I'll also try and, and address on on Twitter for you as well and we actually had a really good conversation it started a great conversation between uh, designers and dyers and knitters about you know what's important uh, in British rule and labeling was a huge a huge thing to come out of that so I will revisit your feedback I promise um I'm I'm not doing a feedback survey as I say to make big changes but as I say, it's just useful to know what you think and there are a big split on some things because, as you know, everybody everybody has an opinion and it's great because if we all had the same opinion, it would be such a sad world to live in. But there is a big split on things like Facebook. I've been asked constantly since I started the blog and the podcast if I would start a Facebook page. Now, I'm not on Facebook and prob- probably most of you know that I really dislike Facebook and I came off Facebook from having a personal account but I keep having these requests to have a public page that people can like and share posts on. Now I can share my blog posts on Facebook the same way that I that they go onto Twitter automatically as soon as I hit publish. I don't actually have to be on Facebook to do that. So in terms of that it's very doable um, lots of people seem to think that the Knit British community would somehow move to Facebook and leave Ravelry, Instagram and Twitter. And while, as I say, I'm not a fan of, of Facebook, I know I can sort of see it in terms of the people who are on Facebook who aren't on Ravelry or Twitter or Instagram. Um, so, and other people can see, other people who've commented on the survey also see it that way too. I have to say right now, I probably haven't made it clear when I've talked about it before um, on the blog, but if I was to start a Facebook page, I would not be interacting there. I'm, I'm just not a fan of Facebook. Uh, but I know that lots of other pe- people are and people like Facebook. And if there was a Knit British Facebook page, it would just be a public page, another Hitchin post for any posts from Knit British, i.e. Um, when the next podcast is out and when the next blog post goes up. And y- if you like it and you you know are a member of that page or however it works, then chat away. Um, but it's not going to be another... Um, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, uh, it's not it's not going to take anything away from from Ravelry or the other places in which we talk. And let's face it, there are lots of other places where we talk. The Knit British community extends outside of Ravelry. We we go much further than here, um, which it does always feel very intimate and very friendly and very you know, close circle, but actually we're much further flung than that and we have different ways of communicating. And again, I you know, it would be a it would be a big decision for me to do a Facebook page and I would only be doing it because people seem to want it. And again, I I wouldn't be looking to make a, you know, a, a community nest there in the sense that I would be partaking of it. It really would just be a a place where posts go. Something similar to the Wovember Facebook page. If you if you like the Wovember Facebook page, you will see that neither Felix and I do any or much interacting there. It's just where the posts go and, you know, where we choose to share certain things, you know, like-minded things. But there are, there are people who, who are quite active on that page. So if I did it, it would operate in that way. So I just sort of wanted to elaborate on what that meant in the survey. 
Um, so while the survey is still open, I'll not go into any more sort of summary of responses until it's finished. Um, but I did just want to sort of clarify that Facebook thing because there was such a big split on it. Lots of people want it. Lots of people vehemently don't want it. So mostly for the reasons I say there that they think it's going to dilute the community. Um, I would just maybe encourage you to think that how the community reaches other people, not just, just it does go further than Ravelry. Also, the other thing I want to say is that there are a few people who say, I'm not in the UK, so, um, you know, coverage of UK events isn't of interest to me, or others saying, you know, reviews aren't of an interest to me. Um, we all listen to podcasts for different reasons, but I thought perhaps I maybe should reaffirm what I do with this podcast and why. And, and if you're a new listener, this is a great opportunity for you to get to know me and the show a little better. And so, my name is Louise and I knit British. Um, since 2012, I've only bought British wool or wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK. I started blogging and then in 2013 I started this podcast. And the aims for the podcast have always been to to talk about the British wool scene and to bring you news and sort of coverage of events that I can get to, which until recently, when I lived in Shetland, wasn't so easy to get to, to a few of them. Um, and to give you a real idea about the wealth of wool that's in the UK and to do that by reviewing yarn and books and through interviews with people, um, creating wool and also designers and dyers. And it's important to me that... I try and create sort of a come in and grab a cuppa atmosphere here in the podcast that we have that sort of knitting with chums atmosphere. But having said that, I've never been a fan of podcasts that don't have any kind of structure. So as well as having that come in, grab a cuppa, grab your knitting, let's have a chat atmosphere, I really have always wanted to sort of strike the right balance between being blethery and having a show in structured in segments, bringing you news, reviews, interviews, and, you know, bringing you guys into the proceedings as well, because it's, it's about community. And I, you know, we can't have a community unless you guys come into the podcast too. And I do that with the hello section and with the, you know, what's been going on in the, Ravelry group and things like that, what's been happening on Twitter. Um, as the podcast's gone on and I see that there are people listening all over the world, I began to sort of encourage you, you non-UK folk to knit local. Um, and I know that, you know, British wool isn't easily accessible to almost half of you listening. So it would be really remiss of me not to encourage you to seek out the fibre local to you, as I do here. And I also like you to tell me about your local wool in the occasional knit local segment. Tell us about your local fibre and what's happening in the wool industry where you where you are and 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 share that information with us and, and share your wool experiences with us. And in addition to all that, I often like to bring in my love of traditions, of heritage, of culture in relation to wool and knitting. And I also will try and go to as many knitting and wool events that I can to discover more about British wool 
to tell you about. Um, and, you know, when I say coverage of events, that's, te- the, you know, tends to be the ones I can get to easily. But I'll always tell you about what's, sort of what's coming up. And we have a great page in the Knit British Ravelry group, um, you know, for, for UK knitting events and things like that. So, so there we go. So it's Knit British by name. Love local wool is our motto. And, you know, that's the podcast in, in, a, in a nutshell, really. And I also blog and that that needs a bit more attention. But on there, you'll find more of the same and posts on Wool for a Fiver, Wool for a Tenor, Wool for a Few Pennies More, links to UK podcasts. And it's also where you always find the show notes for the podcast as well. And as I say, I don't plan on changing any of those things. That's my structure. That's the core. And that's what I've always wanted to do with the podcast. Um, so that's not really going to change. Um, you know, that's my drive, really. The fact that you listen and join in and have formed a community around this shows I must be doing something right. But if you're so inclined, you know, let me know via that survey. It's great hearing from you and getting to know what you want, you know, from, from Knit British and what you enjoy about it. And... Um, a lot of you will give me that feedback anyway. Some of you who have said, you, you know, you're lurkers on the board and you're, you've, but you still feel part of the community and this is a great opportunity for you to give your feedback. So um, it's not a huge survey and I would really appreciate you taking the time to do that and uh, getting to know you. Tales of the Whips of Doom Uh, <laughs> last episode I asked you to tell me about the projects that you couldn't wait to cast on but then for some reason it became the bane of your knitting pile and it became a real whip of doom the reason I asked you to do this is because recently I cast off the Scully cardigan by Karina Westman and I was very excited to cast this on for the Scully uh, Cal back in July. And I've just finished it. All that time it took. And it was, I mean, it was something that I really couldn't wait to cast on. I mean, it's named after me. You know, that <laughs> that's, that's impetus enough to want to cast it on. And I, you know, when I did cast it on, I cast it on in Toft uh, Ulysses yarn. And it was a bottom-up, it's a bottom-up cardigan. So I knit two the you know where to add the sleeves quite quickly but it was the sleeves that really let me down I could not knit the sleeves to my liking I just the first ones were a bit too baggy and so I just kept ripping I go down size in the pattern go down needle sizes and lots of people were saying you know why are you knitting all these sleeves just stick with the one in the pattern and, and that'll be fine just it, it, you know it'll be fine once you've you've joined it but I think I can knit and I know what I like in terms of fit so why shouldn't I keep on knitting sleeves until I get it right but then I just kind of got defeated by it and the whips snoozed for a long time and every time I came across it I would just sort of cringe seeing you know that half knit body and all those sleeves and it just became a bit of a bit noir really you know and eventually it became one of those whips that every time you see it it just sort of really drags you down like you become sad about the fact that 
you haven't finished that yet you know and it was kind of becoming one of those those things so I just thought I need to power on I need to power through and finish it and so over the Christmas break I decided that I was gonna have to try and finish these perishing sleeves and what I did was I cast on sleeves from another DK sweater that I knew I liked the fit of and that is how I got through it. <laughs> so my Scarly Cardigan by Karina Westerman has two sleeves by Tin Carnets. <laughs> you know, it hardly took any time to finish the sleeves, really. But isn't it funny how a muchly anticipated knit that you just couldn't wait, you got, you just had the right yarn and you just couldn't wait to cast on and it just suddenly takes a nosedive. You know, there's nothing wrong with this pattern. There is nothing wrong with this yarn. You know, this pattern is fantastic. It's named after me. It's spectacular. Um, but it just wasn't a fit that I liked. Nobody else seemed to worry about the sleeves, but it just wasn't a fit that I liked. So it was me and my personal specifications that dragged, dragged it down. But... You know, I'm wearing it now and I love it. And it's um, knit in Toft, as I say, Toft Ulysses, which I don't know what it's called now. It was Toft British. I think it's just now Toft DK. And actually, I think the fibre is different as well now, the fibre content. But um, I made one other modification as well as the sleeves. I missed the first two rows of the yoke pattern just because I felt it was going to sort of land at a sort of unflattering place and so I thought I would make the yoke slightly shallower and I'm really really pleased with it I'm really pleased with it but I just can't get over the fact that it became such a whip of doom so I asked you guys in the Ravelry thread if you had any tales of the whips of doom and I can see that I am not alone there is quite a lot of you and there are actually too many to read out in one sitting uh, so we might make a, a little regular feature of the tales of the whips of doom but I'll read out one, which is sort of epitome of why I decided to open up this thread, because, you know, the tales of the lips of doom can actually teach us something. You know, as I say, I'm really happy with my knit. I'm so glad that I finished it and it can make us appreciate it more sometimes. Uh, let's read out Erica Eccles, who says, I'm not sure if my shawl counts. I'd wanted to get better at knitting for ages. I was fine with dishcloths, but nothing really fancier. And I had been practicing by knitting up little swatches from a big old Harmony stitch guide. And then I saw a picture of Andrea Mori's open sky shawl on Instagram and my heart began racing. And I just ordered the pattern, ordered the wool from Jimison and Smith and began knitting. Everything about this was a first for me. First pattern, first garter tab cast on, first time on circular needles, first time buying more than one ball of wool, uh, but such wool, so sheepy and delicious smelling. I started setting my alarm earlier and earlier, getting up at five o'clock, that's dedication, so that I could knit with uh, while the house was still all asleep and my comfort zone was left well and truly behind as I began making new stitches, unknitting where I'd made a mistake and finally it was finished and once that last stitch was cast off, I was trembling with excitement. I flung the shawl around myself, channeling my inner Isadora Duncan a bit too well as I half near strangled myself. <laughs> I'd knit it way too tight and it wouldn't even tie in a knot. So I had to unravel it and just start again. But I learnt so much from knitting it and I have totally 
lost my heart to knitting and to using real sheepy wool. I finally unpinned my finished block shawl yesterday and it drapes so beautifully. And my boyfriend said he was so proud of me for persevering. And that, you know, is what is the good thing about these tales of the whips of doom is that you might have to unravel a whole entire shawl but or what you get out of it at the end can be something that fits you better something that drapes better something that looks better than you know how it was before so I, I think it would be quite interesting to sort of keep on looking at our tales of the whips of doom because again it, it can be you know out of that negative can come a positive and we still Still, although some people in the Knit British Ravelry group will say that they don't have that item to wear anymore, but we still can get something out of it. Even if it's not a finished item, it's it's the thought is that I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> uh, we can put that yarn to better use in something else in some cases. So uh, keep your tales of the whips of doom coming. I got the awesome Seven Skeins Club from Kate Davies uh, when she launched her incredible yarn, Buckle. I have been sort of meaning to talk about this for ages. Other things got in the way, Podcast Lounge, etc. And other reviews and things were, were pressing in giveaways. Um, but since three new colours have recently been added and with the publication of the book, Buckle at Home in the Highlands... Uh, at the end of last year, I thought it was high time that I made a little feature of it. Before I go on, I'm just going to say I am not a Gaelic speaker and I struggle with Gaelic pronunciation. So I'm going to call this yarn the same name as I have always called the mountains, uh, Buckle. Also the name of Caithness Craft's dog, Buckle. Um, for me... Gaelic has too many broad and slender vowels that I just can't get my um, my mouth around. It's a more, more complex language even than Welsh. And um, I just, I'm not even going to try. And <laughs> uh, no amount of you guys watching Outlander and wanting me to say it in Gaelic is going to make me. So the Mighty Mighty Buckle uh, yarn. Have you had your hands on it yet? I think like most of you, I was incredibly excited to know that Kate was making a yarn because knowing Kate and her designs is to know and appreciate wool, I think. Um, she uh, was the first person other than myself to use terms like sheepy and sticky 
uh, when talking about wool and uh, and knitting texture and how important those are in colour work in particular and just talking about wool and textures in terms of not being soft, soft, soft. She's always been an advocate of wool that has character and and texture, which, as I say, is another reason to absolutely adore what she does and her designs. Buckle uh, is described as Scottish-grown wool. Uh, we're not told yet what the breeds are, uh, but I would guesstimate, and I've done a lot of squeezing, <laughs> that there is a good deal of Shetland in here, and maybe something sort of sprungy and wooly like Cheviot. Now, I could be wrong. This is just wild guesstimating. I must stress that. I do not know what the fibre content of Buckle is. But I would say I would say that there was there's a really good dose of Shetland and something something that's that's wooly but resilient and something that would be very complementary to the Shetland. Again, I don't know that that's what it is. I'm just I have to say I have no prior information on what the fibre content of Buckle is. I am just guessing. And in the in the interest of not knowing what the 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 breeds are I'm just going to tell you how it feels and explain a little bit of of why I've enjoyed it um it's as soft as it is characterful it's it's um sheepy soft in in which I mean that there is a little bit of of uh, rusticness to it uh, but it's soft against my skin if I rub it against my inner uh forearm uh, then it's really quite soft and I always suggest that people rub yarn on that part of your skin to sort of test next to the skin softness whatever it is it's distinctive and its content has been very well chosen uh, to create this yarn it's spun in yorkshire and it's worsted spun a preparation that makes a very soft smooth yarn and really shows off the wool to its utmost i think and I also think that worsted wool creates a very distinct fabric uh, in terms of softness and drape and it's really lovely in colour work. Uh, when the yarn was first launched there were seven colours, three natural and four dyed shades, all named for inspirations from the Scottish landscape and uh, the weather and animal and wildlife. And there are three colours which have recently been added. Furs, which is a deeply satisfying earthy yellow. There's heather, which is heathery pinks and purples. And there's macallum, which is the most incredible raspberry red. Kate recently re-released her deco cardigan pattern knit up in that macallum raspberry red. And it's just so cheerful. To accompany the yarn, there is the pattern book, Buckle at Home in the Highlands, which, as you'd expect from Kate Davies, has beautifully laid out patterns, a wealth of other content, including very Scottish recipes, including Crowdie, Cranachan and Shortbread. And there's also a, a guided walk up Buccalette of Moher. There are eight patterns that are all accessories uh, from head to toe and in between. And also they include tree decorations and uh, which are called Whig Maliris and a lovely woven uh, brooch. And I particularly uh, like that many of the patterns have the choice between uh, colourwork patterns or stripes. So uh, baffies, which are sort of little socks and pocky mitts and the bonnet hat 
all could be made in marching uh, design. My favourite design out of the whole book is the cockle or corchal cowl, which is really striking with a honeycomb pattern, which looks like it would be quite uh, difficult, but uh, even Kate says that it's um, suitable for beginners. And I think it would be really pretty in the natural colours, in the ptarmigan, the har and the squall. And you nature shade chaps who are knitting, um, as you know, natural shades are the bee's knees and quite a lot of you are using the natural colours from the buccal range um, in your nature shades along. The book is beautifully presented and would definitely make a lovely asset to your knitting library. But I also think it's going to have a very particular appeal to anyone who loves Scotland. And I know that there's a lot of you who love Scotland and all things Scottish. There's a kind of a new tartanry going on. And tartanry is probably the wrong term to use because it has been used for a very kitsch um, imagery of Scotland, shortbread tin. And I don't mean that at all. It's a very new kind of... Scottish appreciation and um, you guys are definitely going to love uh, this book and in particular I think or any of your um, Scotland loving friends the photography is beautiful um, I haven't tried any of the recipes but they're all um, exceedingly Scottish and look tremendously tasty and the patterns are, are great uh, too so book home at the Highlands would be a lovely a lovely asset to your knitting library and a lovely gift for your Scotland-loving friends. When I talk about that sort of new appreciation for all things Scottish, Shetland Wool Week is a very good um, is a very good example of that too. That kind of uh, just that um, need to to have a little bit of that um, and be a little part of that. Um, it's a very global thing, and it's incredible to see such Scottish love. Back to the yarn. Buccal is sport double knit weight and is available in 50 gram skeins, uh, which are 110 metres. And each is priced at 7.49. And it's available at shopkdd.com as well as the book. And every Sunday the shop is updated. So if you one of the colours that you really wanted is sold out, then just make sure that you go back on Sunday uh, for those updates. In addition to the yarn, there are incredible kits featuring the yarn, uh, Epistrophied, Jazz Hands, the Goats of Inversnaid and the beautiful Deco Cardigan, as I mentioned before, are all available in, in kit form. And Buchel is pr proving a big hit with knitters and I do think it's down to the incredible wool used in this yarn. Whatever the, the fibre content is, is, is incredible and that worsted spinning has created such a soft and characterful yarn and it's, it's lovely when, when made into knitted fabric and I have been swatching with it and I just loved how soft and flowing the yarn was between my fingers when I was working with it. Um, I knitted a little, just a little sort of long swatch with horseshoe lace. I'll put pictures on the on the uh, website. I just love the stitch definition in that lace. Just, just fantastic. And it's blocked beautifully. And I can imagine that 
you know, any garment that you make from this, every time you wash it and block it, it's going to get drapier and softer. And again, rubbing that swatch on the inside of my arm, it's even softer than, than the yarn in the skein. And I'm just so impressed with it. I just think, you know, I'm not a colour work knitter, but I think this would be incredible in Fair Isle. And I just love how it looks in lace. And I hope that Kate will tell us what is in the yarn because British wool lovers everywhere, you, you know, we are so interested in um, not just where our yarn has come from, but what the wool is in our yarn. And um, it would be fantastic to know and to shout about those breeds. But I think that Buchel is a very important British wool regardless of not knowing what the, the actual fibre content is. It's grown and spun in the UK. And in terms of reminding knitters of what British breed wool can really do, this is an incredible yarn. I say it all the time that, you know, the wool that you knit with, you don't always have to go for the softest merino. Merino is a fantastic wool. It makes a fantastic yarn, but it's not going to be the best yarn for every single project. Something like Buchel is going to be an incredible workhorse yarn. You could put it to work in any of your projects from baby blankets to uh, cardigans to accessories and it's gonna do the job and then some. I am so impressed with this yarn. I really can't wait uh, to make more of it. And um, Kate has promised a little giveaway um, for Knit British listeners in the future. Um, so watch this space for a lovely buckle giveaway uh, coming up very, very soon. Again, this is uh, Kate Davis's yarn. It's grown in Scotland. It's spun in Yorkshire. And, and if you have never tried British wool, give it a go. Let it be the, the wool that introduces you and opens up the world of, of British wool to you. Good night, Kathy. Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little heavier than usual tonight. Really? From where I stand, the sun is shining all over the place. I wanted to tell you that for those of you who can watch BBC4, uh, the film Addicted to Sheep is going to be shown on Monday the 8th at 9pm. And I dare say, I don't know because I don't work for the, for the BBC, but I dare say it will be available to view on iPlayer soon after that. If you haven't heard about Addicted to Sheep, then I'm not quite sure where you've been. Um, it's a really intimate portrait of sheep farming in Britain today and I'll just read you a little bit um, from their press pack. Addicted to Sheep is an intimate portrait, oh I just said that, of a long, uh, a long hard work in all weathers, everyday life and a total commitment for a hill farming family. Filmmaker Magali Petier began by asking why anyone would want to keep sheep by choice in the high Pennines of the north of England. Why opt in to be a tenant farmer for a little financial return and uncertain long-term prospects? Her film depicts the challenges, stress and relentless toil and it also highlights the joy, the sense of purpose and the fulfilment in caring for animals and the environment. 
It's a timely documentary from the rural edge of modern society. It reveals an inner reality of Britain's heritage, behind the aesthetic and sentimental appreciation of the countryside. Consumers rarely see the people beyond the landscape, the food we eat or the clothes we wear. This is an opportunity to bridge that disconnection. I have to say that I think this is just a 60-minute version of the Addicted to Film, <laughs> the Addicted to Sheep film, which you might have seen um, at selected cinemas around the UK. Um, really good opportunity to see this documentary if you haven't seen it already. So that's Monday coming on BBC4 at 9pm. Uh, again, uh, check out iPlayer afterwards. I'm sure it will it will be available, although I can't guarantee that. The other news this week is that I am one of the five online knitters of the year uh, chosen by Knit Now magazine, which is fantastic. Uh, this is something that you had to nominate yourself for. And I am not good at nominating myself for a cup of tea, never mind online knitter of the year. But it's, it was a category for podcasts and bloggers in their knitter of the year awards and I just thought, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, I, you know, you had to basically give, I think it was like, you know, a little nutshell of what you do in a hundred words. And so I just sent them that and a link and was totally surprised to be chosen. And um, I'm <laughs> really chuffed and I'm in there with some great company, uh, Jolie from Jolie's Kitchen and uh Kate from Playful Day and Jenny Riley of the Geeky Knitter blog and Christine of the Winnick Mum blog spot. All of us bloggers or podcasters are vloggers. And so um, it's lovely. And the prize, I think, uh, includes a subscription and a trip to Sirdar HQ, which would be fantastic. And also, I think there is um, a, a trip to a Knit Now photo shoot. So I'm incredibly chuffed about that and it, sometimes it's hard to to sort of put yourself out there and, and put yourself in the run for these things. I would never have just normally thought about it but uh, I saw it on, I think I saw it being tweeted and I looked at it and then I just, I thought, nah, nah. And then I thought, actually, no, you know, 2016 is all about momentum and uh, if I can sort of use that online knitter to celebrate the community and what we what we have here too, as well as British Wool, that's pretty fantastic. Um, so thanks for all your um, congrats on that this week. And other news I heard this week is that my, my friends over at the Yarn in the City podcast, Alison and Rachel, have just sent their new book to the printers. Their book is A London Craft Guide. And it's going to be launched at Unravel, which is the 19th to the 21st of February. If you are heading to Unravel, then you won't want to miss that. I think, I haven't seen this, but I think this is going to be a cracking book for you yarn crawl fiends. And I think it's going to be a really comprehensive guide. Knowing those two, knowing their dedication to the craft scene in London, I think it's going to be a really comprehensive guide of where you can find what you need. Suggestions for uh, craft places to visit on short day trips and um, and such like. There's going to be patterns included, six knitting patterns, two sewing pro uh, projects and one crochet project. And they are from designers such as Anakin Alice, Kate Atherley, Rennie Callahan, who's East London Knits, K.M. Bedigan, um, and much more. Absolutely fantastic 
resource for those of you who are looking for the hottest craft guide to the big smoke. I believe that the book is going to retail for £16.50 for a print copy or £14 for the digital copy and it will be available from the Yarn in the City website. I will put a link on the show notes for that and it's also going to be stocked at various yarn shops and so that is going to be launched on the 19th uh, to the 21st of February at uh, Unravel at Farnham Maltings and available soon thereafter. Nature Shades Long is going great guns although I have to say I'm struggling now because I've been so busy with other things that don't include knit British or knitting and unfortunately there are quite a few of those things in my life that I need to get my head down on um but the the you guys like every time I go into that thread I just beam with happiness the love for natural shades is incredible and I have to have to have to tell you about some amazing finished objects Last time you would have uh, heard me tell you about Greenhouse Girl knitting her Carrie Westerman Lindgren mitts and Astrid hat. They are just incredible. And Greenhouse Girl, your photos are full of pure, pure joy. They just look beautiful. They are made of uh, Shetland and Casamilk Mudit and Alpaca and uh, Hebridean. And they are in the most beautiful shades of brown and and decelerating to cream and I, I when I saw the pictures I had to send Carrie um, a link and say have you seen how joyous these are they are incredible please go over to the finished objects thread in the Brit Yarn group and have a look at the greenhouse girls um incredible mitts and hat they're just the cheeriest thing ever and Maz Knitter has finished her Crazy Stripes Tea by Atelier Alpha I don't know if you've seen this pattern before it's got sort of horizontal stripes on the sort of yoke and then fantastic diagonal stripes which sort of start underneath one of the arms and radiate across the body and Maz Knitter has made hers in blacker Gotland and Hebridean with mohair and Manx with mohair and Shetland Supreme. And it's just a thing of incredible beauty. And this is what I've been saying all along about natural colours is what you can do with them is phenomenal. And they can, and it can be just so much more striking and playful than dyed colours. Maz Knitter, your Crazy Stripes tea, is delicious. I, oh, it's just amazing. Soup Dragon, she has uh, done Koshal Cowl from Buchel at Home in the Highlands and she used Chilla Valley Alpaca in um, sort of in the three shades and you will have heard me talk about Chilla Valley Alpaca on the podcast before. I reviewed it for Brit Yarn, the Chunky. It's an incredible, incredible yarn. Um, but this is made in um, double knitting and it's really lovely. Claire also made, and I think it was just as this cal was starting, she was making um, a Star Wars hat for her son. And it's awesome. It's in natural colours as well. And it has the Force Awakens on it. Please, like, if 
If the lingering mitts and mastered hat and the crazy striped tee didn't already make you want to go over to the Brit Yarn Group to have a look, you must go and have a look at Claire's, at Soup Dragon's The Force Awakens Star Wars hat. It is awesome. And uh, Jane Mox has been using the Buchel yarn and she's made the, uh, an, a pattern, which I haven't seen before, called the Easy Ombre Slouch Hat um, by... Paul S. Neary and do you know what it's a free pattern and it's lovely very subtle and easy stranded knitting project and I think it would be very good for somebody who's just learning to, to do colour work it's got a beautiful graduated effect and I really love love how that looks well nice one Jane that's lovely looks great in the buckle Ma Dashper has finished her Aranami shawl and uh, this is one that I have liked since Oh, since I started doing the um, the Natural Gradients uh, posts uh, back in November. And um, it's a really lovely, it's like beautiful waves of of natural colours gradient, starting at the darkest colour and sort of gradating to the to the lightest. It's a, just a triangle-shaped shawl, but it's, it's so incredibly striking. And uh, Ma Dashper has used... Uh, Toft DK Alpaca. This is it's sort of triangular in shape, but these scallops add such softness, and it's it's really lovely. I'm just what you guys are doing in this cal just makes me so happy, and I'm sure Isla feels the same. My own uh, nature shades along is can't well as I say it's kind of I've kind of been struggling a bit my hitchhiker hasn't moved on much but I've spun the yarn that I was you might remember that I was also going to spin um, some different single breed tops from uh, fondant fibre for a hat and I've spun that I've made a little gradient yarn um, which I was very chuffed about and started knitting it into an Akai hat by Claire Divine and then realised I wasn't going to have quite enough so I'm going to spin a little more. I've got some Gotland and I've got some Whiteface Woodland to add into the mix of Cheviot, Suffolk, Murat Shetland and Jacobs. And so that's going good guns. I have to say that's the most progress I've made. I'm glad that I chose small projects, I have to say. <laughs> um, another finished uh, object this week that I have to say uh, tell you about I don't think she's posted it in the finished object thread yet is Hannah's Drakenfels which you might remember I was sorely 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 tempted to um, to do myself um, but I'm quite glad I didn't because it was a big project considering all the other things I have to do at the moment she says I finished my shawl uh, now just the ends the sewing and a bit of blocking it's a a lot bigger than I imagined it would be when I started, which is not a bad thing. Um, to say I'm pleased with it would be an understatement. And it's just gorgeous. Now, let me tell you what is in it. It is uh, Jimison and Smith Shetland Supreme Jumper Weight in Shayla Shetland Black and Yuglet. And... Oh my goodness, it's just gorgeous. It's just lovely. You've just chosen your colour so well, Hannah. And I, I can't wait to see your Drakenfels. I really can't. It might spur me on to get mine done as well. Um, you guys, thank you so much for your Nature Shades Along contributions. And don't forget that on Friday the 12th uh, from 7pm to 8pm, we will be having a chat 
uh, social media knit night on Ravelry on Twitter and on Instagram. If you're on Twitter and Instagram, you can use the hashtag Nature Shades, and we'll be able to see all the conversation there and uh, it's just an hour it's 7 till 8 p.m uk time and it's a really good opportunity to tell us what you're knitting which yarn you're using how you found using natural um, shades and um, have a good old chin wag uh, so that's on friday the 12th of february so that's next friday or friday friday coming isla has done a blog post about her nature shades along project so far she is knitting the swale shawl by carrie westman for the eden cottage yarns collection drift and she's using uh, such a lot of fantastic yarns i told you about last time including north ronaldsey which very soon isla is going to be stocking at brit yarn and if you were watching BBC Countryfile on Sunday, there was a little bit about the North Ronaldsey sheep. I actually missed it. I need to catch up on iPlayer. But they are a breed of sheep that live in Orkney on the island of North Ronaldsey. And um, they are what we call one of our primitive breeds. And they're what is referred to uh, sometimes as North European primitive short-tailed sheep. But most people know North Ronaldsey sheep because of their diet, because uh, for much of the year their diet consists of eating seaweed and the breed has evolved to have that in their diet. Where where they live in North Ronaldsey, and I believe this is what was on um, Countryfile, it, the shoreline is sort of, um, they're confined by a, a dry stone wall and I, the wall recently needed some repair and I, they have quite an incredible wool. They have a double coat, sort of similar to the Icelandic sheep. The soft undercoat um, is really quite soft and it's uh, the yarn is made from it is usually mixed with the longer um, fibres. I find it an incredibly strong yarn, a very sheepy yarn. And every time I've used it, for those of you who have come to one of my squishing sessions and uh, I... Every time I've washed the samples that I've used, they get softer and more incredible, like primitive yarns tend to do. But it's really quite an interesting breed wool, and it's one that I that I think that you breed wool explorers should definitely, definitely check out. The North Ronaldsey yarn from North Ronaldsey, which Isla is going to be stocking, um, I've used from Blacker and other... Um, stockists, yarn stockists and I've what I've always liked is the sort of, that there's different colours that tend to go from fawns to grey but they have, with those longer hairs tend to be a little bit darker and you get quite a nice heathered effect um, from the yarn so a very interesting yarn indeed that double layered coat uh, creates a yarn that's um, at the same time great yar structured yarn for knitting cables and um, uh, great stitch definition but it's quite a light and lofty yarn as well and it can be so um, I'm really looking forward to Isla stocking that North Royalty yarn and you should keep an eye out for it definitely. Uh, talking about Brit yarn, Isla and I um, are going to be both be at Jolie's Kitchen Retreat on the 27th and 28th of February in Manchester. All the retreat spots are now full, but I believe there are some class spots available. Uh, both of the classes are with Kate Atherley 
and uh, one is on pattern design and the other is on scaling and fit or why the medium never quite fits right. There are still spots available for those, I believe. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. And I asked on Twitter the other day who was going and I'm really glad to see that there's a mixture of people coming from all over the UK and some people that would be great to catch up with others that I've only known via Twitter and never met in the flesh so oh that sounds wrong doesn't it well it's going to be lovely to to meet them and have a great weekend and I'm going to be giving a talk on British rule and Isla is going to have a place in the marketplace which is open to retreat participants uh, so if you're going to that, do let me know. It'd be really lovely to to say hello. I am the only thing I'm not looking forward to is getting there because of this dreadful issues with the 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 train line from Carlisle to Lockerbie, and I think I'm going to end up having to get a bus to Lockerbie, which is probably going to take about two and a half hours. Um, so that's yeah, that's not so great. Who want nobody wants a replacement rail bus coach thing, but. Hey ho, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it and I hope uh, that if you're going we'll have a chance to catch up and say hello. I want to say hello, uh, as usual, to the new kids in the Ravelry group. As you know, Knit British to me is nothing without this community and it's really important that I take a few minutes to say hello to those of you who have recently joined the group and taken time to say hello in the hello thread. So new this week, we've got Heather, 2009, who is Heather from Leeds. We've got Celtic Girl, who is Kate from Adelaide in Australia. Hi to you. Loopy at last, who is Liz, also from Adelaide. Hi to you. We've got Alex Pearson, who is Alex from Hexham in Northumberland. Wooly Armour, who is Sheridan from Bedford. And felonious monk who is fallon from saint paul minnesota hi to all you guys and anyone who's recently joined the net british group uh let's have a quick look in the hello thread alex pearson uh, who says at last i've joined this group i've been listening to the podcast for a few months and every time i listen to all the intros i think i must go and join that group then i get wrapped up in some knitting emergency or other and forget i've just finished an emergency vest 42 inch chest fair aisle nine days go you that's amazing and I'm lying on the sofa, fanning myself. I've sewed down my steep facings this morning while listening to Bowie on Radio 4 link from your Instagram. My name is Alex and I love Shetland wool and it's made of magic. I love hearing your friendly voice on the podcast and love seeing pictures of the podcat. The podcat who is being very good this episode and is in her box in the office. Every now and again I've heard a little as she's sort of uh, unfurled herself and, and rolled up into another ball uh, so she's been very good to this episode no shenanigans thanks so much Alex Pearson for joining in in the lovely group it's lovely to hear from you Animal Crackers 55 says hello I'm Tina in Tennessee from all the way across the big pond I found your podcast and blog a week or so ago and it was a really good thing I enjoy podcasts that have a friendly and kind feel to them listening to that kind of podcast helps me get through the tough times that I know we all experience now and again recently I've had a big load of crazy going on in my world I try to knit spin local too I yearly get local fleeces from the museum where I demo close by springy down type wool and this year I was given two Jacob's fleeces to wash and spin one luxury that I allow myself 
uh, is to purchase prep droving and tops that have been dyed. I've not taken to the dye pots yet. I had to draw a line somewhere. I own a small flock of Nagora goats and, if, and in a few years I hope to have enough cash uh, gorda washed and ready to send off to be dehaired. It's going to be lovely stuff, soft as cashmere but with a longer staple. Thank you so much for your cheery voice and enthusiasm for knitting and spinning. Two things that are, along with podcasts, help me keep an even keel. Oh, Tina, it's so lovely to hear from you and so fantastic to hear about your um, Nagora goats. I haven't heard of Nagora goats. Um, please feel free to tell us more about them. That's incredible that you, you're going to make your own Kashgora yarn. That's something that I'm sure we all would love. Um, thank you so much for all the time that you take to say hello rate and review, click and like and all those things that you do that don't take very long but really mean a lot to me and um, and particular thanks uh, for, for your connections in terms of uh, tweets and emails and direct messages and things. I love getting them. Uh, although I'm quite busy at the moment, I do, I will get back to you. <laughs> Anyone who's uh, recently sent me a message and not heard back, because I do reply. Thank you so much for listening. Next time, I have such exciting things for you. I'm back on the 19th of February and I have a review of Fiona Alice's new book, Take Heart. I have news of a new cow, not run by me, might I add. And um, I have some exciting yarn to tell you about. That's so exciting. Um, I really can't wait to tell you about Blacker Yarns, new Tamar wool luster blend. So come back, please come back on the 19th of February, which is one month before the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Have you booked your travel and accommodation? I hope so. Um, catch up with you very soon and take good care. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Yeah.